Welcome to another episode of Full Metal RPG. I'm your host, Brendan. I'm your host, Ben. And today we are joined by our good friend and co-host of the Shadow Swan Radio Hour, Adam. Hi, everyone. Uh, we are sitting here today, and we're going to do a little bit of um, reminiscing about the good old days of cyberpunk role-playing, which is kind of, you know, making a, a little bit of a comeback. There's a lot of cyberpunk opportunities now, and there's some kind of new opportunities that didn't exist when I was but a young man in the role-playing uh, world. Um, there's now transhumanist role-playing, which wasn't a thing, which was not a thing yeah. back then. Well, and, when, we were young, when we were young, it was just pretty much cyberpunk or Shadowrun. Yeah, indeed, indeed. So, um... We've all kind of like spent the weekend like meditating on cyberpunk gaming, and um, we kind of we we each brought some books to sort of review to sort of offer up as examples of cyberpunk gaming that you might use at home. And uh, now we're gonna, you know, entertain you with some of our thoughts on that shit. Um, who wants to start? I think really we should start with um, talking about like well, what is cyberpunk and what is cyberpunk gaming because. And that'll probably take the whole hour, but uh, we'll we'll shoehorn some of that game shit in there at the end. What is, what is cyberpunk? What is cyberpunk gaming? Go. So cyberpunk is that like uh, that William Gibson, Neil Stevenson um, literary genre of these. Um, I don't know what you want to call them, like jaded antiheroes, mirror shade wearing badasses who exist outside the system and. It's they don't really follow the rules, and it's it's sort of like a it's like a cousin to the noir, right? It's noir yeah, inspired. It's, it's yeah, it's like that. Well, one of the games is tech noir, right? So it's it's noir with technical element, technological yeah. elements to it. So it's this idea of this dystopian bleak future where, uh, like Blade Runner, right? Everyone knows Blade Runner. Blade, Blade Runner, Runner is is the Matrix. cyberpunk. It's pretty much the the you know. One example everyone knows, the one everybody points to, the Matrix. Yeah, there, there's a lot of there's a lot of cyberpunk work out there. There's not a ton of film, and I'm trying to think. Like Max Johnny Headroom Mnemonic. is cyberpunk. Johnny Mnemonic. Johnny, Johnny Mnemonic, Mnemonic is cyberpunk. You're right. Johnny <laughs> That's Mnemonic. cyberpunk for sure. With Keanu With Reeves Cube. apparently is uh, the patron saint of cyberpunk in film. Yeah, he's been. Um, he's done a bunch of cyberpunk. Yeah, and then uh, Strange Days. That was pretty cyberpunkish. Yep. Now um, wait, was Strange Days cyberpunk or pre-cyberpunk? It kind of. I think it trod the line. It had cyberpunk elements where they had those memory. Uh, yeah, but those gear were not wear because because one one of the tropes of cyberpunk is that it's um is that it it has a lot of cyborg elements to it, right? Yeah, and and that's what makes cyberpunk stretch into transhumanism because you, you, there's almost like a spectrum, right? There's the pre-cyberpunk into cyberpunk into transhumanist. Right. kind of timeline and i i personally feel like uh strange days is like a pretty good um pre-cyberpunk yeah that's a fair still point. it's a start of body modification almost going on there with the memory things right sure so. uh i i think that you could um perhaps use the uh cronenberg uh cult classic 
underappreciated existence as a cyberpunk. Mm. Uh, that's that is so weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah well, I mean, it's very it's Cronenberg, so it's weird, yeah, but it's, it's super weird, super good. I haven't also seen that movie good. in ages. Um, you no, know, I just watched it uh, this weekend, and it was so good. Did it hold up? Really, it, it did. Was so right. good. I haven't seen it since I worked at a video store. It's so good. It was just so weird. You yeah. know, the, and, uh, the the use of prosthetics and the way everything just looks so bleak and gross. I mean, he just uh, Cronenberg really knows how to capture that in a way that no one. It's else Someone with the tooth gun. Yeah, it's like yeah. the the bone, the bones, yeah. the, the the gun that's made out of bones yep. that keeps showing up as this reoccurring motif. It's yeah. bizarro, very creepy looking. Yeah, yeah. And then there was that one bad movie with Bai Ling. What was that movie? Oh geez, the one that had the VNV Nation soundtrack in it. Well, and it had it had the uh, the Combi Christ. Combi Christ. Uh, <laughs> I yeah. have no idea what you're even talking about. What, what is, is that movie? movie? I, I can't sounds, remember what it's called. It sounds amazing oh, and terrible. It was terrible, <laughs> but also very cyberpunk. Mostly terrible. Yeah. Anyway, so cyberpunk is, I think personally, kind of a offshoot. William Gibson's offshoot of um, he kind of picked up what Raymond Chandler kind of put down like a half century previous and he started working with with some of those ideas and tropes and applying um technological themes to them um you know philip k dick has also done a lot of kind of like existentialist cyberpunk work because i think cyberpunk generally tends to be very existentialist uh because it's talking about like well who are you and what are you and what are we doing and where are we going right um, you get a lot of that in transhumanism too. Um, yeah, that, you know what is consciousness? What is the self? Well, yeah, like what is a human being? Like, like uh, is he a collection of his memories? Is he something more? Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's a big part of like, uh, like eclipse phase, right? I mean, right, right. Yeah, eclipse phase is really bonkers. It's because <laughs> you can just you know have multiple fragments of yourself in in different in Ghost in the Shell. Um, Oh, that's another one. Very yeah, cyberpunky with the major and standalone society in particular, where it's like she can create copies of herself that are all out working, and then at the end of the day, they all come back together and you know conglomerate their memories into one cohesive whole because they have their cyber brains. And yeah, that's creepy and disturbing. I mean, that that definitely challenges what we consider to be the notion of the self. You right. Know, I mean, I wouldn't consider that to be a self. That doesn't sound like it's well, that was, I understand or that was actually one to. of the concepts I had for an Eclipse Phase character I was going to play. I didn't get to ultimately play in the game, but I wanted to play a variant of a character who was hunting himself down on behest of one of the organizations in that game because he had gone off and become a, a terrorist, essentially, because his family had been left behind when they evacuated Earth and were being tortured by the rampant AIs that were on Earth, and he didn't know about it. Then he found out about it, had a psychotic break, so they sent the one investigator after him who could track him himself. I think that but that's... a backup before he found that out. So it was, it was just this weird concept, and the GM was just, I don't even want to deal with this. That's uh, uh, Richard, Richard K. Morgan, right? Altered Carbon. Uh, he did one of those. Because because that world is is very it, it, with the um the backups that's the, the yeah. he, he deals with that quite a bit yeah there's a lot of the backup stuff in Eclipse phase where you have backups of yourself and you go out and you get killed and then they load your last backup and you have to go ch- chase down yeah. the trail of what happened to you yeah yeah I, I I know um I imagine it's probably something pretty pretty similar in the Infinity role playing game with the idea of the cubes the cube. and backing yourself up in this cube 
that you can then implant in another body. So. Yeah. So, um, where did we all get started with this crap? I think we're all a bunch of salty old, old so my, geezers here. My right? first exposure to Cyberpunk was uh, Cyberpunk 2020. Um, first so game exposure, right? First I mean, game exposure. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Not, so not first exposure to Cyberpunk as a genre. First game exposure to Cyberpunk was Cyberpunk 2020. So can I tell people about what that game is and what it's like and what makes that game that? <laughs> uh, oh, that's a big, big I think, uh, Ben, you have some strong off. feelings on this too, right? Um, I, I've played it. Everybody in this room has played it, right? right. We've yes. all played this fucking yes. game. It's yes, a great yes, game. Yes. It is a great I, game. I remember it being a great game, but I mean, I don't know what it'd be like to play it again like so now. So what I will say for Cyberpunk 2020 was at the time it captured the zeitgeist of that era, um, who I was and the age I was because, um, you know, I'm listening to industrial music and, you know. Uh, like Lords of Acid. <laughs> Nine Inch Nails, Hell Lords of yeah. Acid, Skinny Puppy, you know. uh uh, uh, all those guys from KMFDM. back then, uh, Ministry, KMFDM, KMFDM, lots of KMFDM, you know, rip the system and all that. And, uh, you know, then you've got cyberpunk where it's, oh, you're this outsider and on the edge. You're not part of the society. And there's all these corporations that run everything. And it's, you know, you go in, you're out to either, you're out to either making money or for whatever reason that you're doing the things that you're doing, but you're operating outside of the system. And, you know, there's that, that, angry suburban you know young man thing where we just throw it all away and anarchy and anarchy is very attractive when you're that age and then you start getting older and you see what actual anarchy looks like and you're like i would not be the net beneficiary of this system like whoa. the guy who is the winner oh, in, the, in, whoa, in wait, that wait. system is whoa. the guy who's like I'm gonna eat this baby wait. heart wait, and wait, like wait, cut wait, my wait, enemy's heads wait, off wait, with wait, a chainsaw. Adam's, Adam's getting political. No, now. no, no, man. Like I, I gotta say, the, the the average character you play in Cyberpunk is not the beneficiary of hardly anything, right? The real beneficiaries are the ones that control everything. You Cyberpunk. know who's not the beneficiary in that game is all of the security guards who are at the <laughs> at the installation that you show up at and just murder the shit out of. These are just guys who are working their job, doing the best they can to provide for your family. Hey, and then you and Johnny Silverhand hey, show up and just like fucking lay down death with so, automatic so, weapons. So I think so. What we're hearing here right away is that, um, despite the fact that the novels of William Gibson the godfather of the cyberpunk genre there's some violence in them they're violent novels but they're not yes. like what you'd call like action novels or anything right they're really they're really science fiction novels about kind of espionage type shit but the role-playing game for whatever reason is intensely hyper violent. Am it's I right? incredibly hyper violent. There's the whole idea of cyber psychosis. Then they put out all those Chromebooks, which were just additional gear and weapons. Almost everything was armor or a weapon system. And I will just lay this they out there: like tattoos. every character I played in Cyberpunk 2020, from age like 15, 14, or 15, whatever it was, until like 20 something, was a terrorist. Like, there's no other way to, to describe those characters. It's they were terrorists. At this point, it's hard to look at them as any other that's thing, like, right? I, I get what you're saying. I mean, they were sort of... Uh, that, that's like against any establishment. The, the, the people at the bottom are the terrorists, right? I mean, you that's what you were doing. You were against the, the corporations that ran everything in that game. Right, and it wasn't, like, religiously motivated. But it, it was just, like, I was playing a terrorist. It was a it was a terrorism sure. role-playing I, game. You I, know what I, I mean? I, <laughs> I possibly you know could they're get it wrong, though. 
You know they're relaunching it, right? Are they relaunching yeah, it? Yeah, because the last edition was awful, twenty thirty or whatever, where it had the Barbie doll art in it. That was a little literally. Weird. It was, it was Barbie little... dolls. No, I, I remember. Couldn't, I couldn't get behind it. With like, yeah, no one that did. They took pictures of. No one. No it one. It was awful. It. I didn't buy it because it had Barbie doll art in it. It was just like, are you kidding me? You would have been better <laughs> but, off putting no pictures in this but, than what you ended up doing. I, I postulate that we did it wrong too, though. On some level, I think that as as youngsters in the gaming world. You know, the stuff that we were attracted to back then was like, was a lot of hyperviolence. It's true. I, I wouldn't we, say we did it wrong. I would say we did it differently than I would do it now. A lot differently. Yeah. I, I, like, I, I had a lot of fun playing sure, Cyber. Sure, I did too. I mean, there were some very like cinematic fights we had and like people going crazy with cyber psychosis. But, but we always. I don't know. We always played like some really amped up characters in those games. Everybody we, did. It was too. It well, was I mean, very easy teenager. to make a min maxed like death machine in those. Only games. only if you were allowed like a lot of money to make your starting character though. It, you really didn't it, like just with core starting rules. I tell you, you can make like a, uh, a death dealing character. Because I, I, I had ran less. It, I, look, I think it had less to do with the system and more to do with what Ben's saying, which is that you're having like a bunch of adolescent. Males sitting right. around a table, and they, and, they, and they have adolescent ids, yeah. and there's and they're in a world that seems to be without well, constraints because it's an imaginary. Yeah, but they world. find ways to break it. We, like the last time I ran it was not that long we ago. Were, I ran it with a couple friends of ours, and like one of the guys took uh, Corvette legs, which are just like legs that let you run really fast. But he figured out, like based on the speed at which you could run with these things, he got a massive amount of damage from them if he just kicked people with them because they moved so fast. And that was his thing. His default maneuver was <laughs> headshotting people, called shot to the heads with his Corvette was legs. Was this Ryan? It was Ryan, of and it was amazingly it was. deadly. And he uh. killed people for no reason. Like, they went – so so little background on that game. I basically decided to run a cyberpunk game where they were straight up just playing terrorists, but I did not tell them this. Um, they were working oh, for God. an organization that was using them to commit acts of terrorism, and they were just like, we're going places and killing things. The end of the game was they actually uh, were in on board a, uh, a jet over a major populated area that blew up and rained uh, a technophage virus down on the populace <laughs> so the end of the game was literally like they wiped out um an entire city and started the uh the tech plague that's in cyber generation oh okay so that was the end of the game was they were the ones responsible for setting off cyber generation but they died but they died uh so what happened was um they implanted this thing called the technophage which was from an old supplement for the game that i dug up in some dingy i uh, remember uh waterloo games uh, of course i found it there and i was like oh it was this implant that they could put in your brain it was a low worm and it could control your actions um so what happened was these guys eventually they went and they got the technophage they retrieved it and uh brought it back and then he kicked the captain of the boat that they were riding on back to shore in the head for no reason other than just to kill him <laughs> at the end of the ride um, <laughs> they brought it back to these guys and they were like, oh, we'll give you a free cybernetic upgrade. Anyone you want. So they were just like, oh yeah, they picked out really crazy expensive ones and then they got them. This was set up for the next thing. While they were putting those in, they implanted the, the technophage inside of oh, each of their yeah. heads. Classic. Um, and so then they got in the jet and they recovered all this viral weapons. And they're like, we're the heroes. And then the bad guy came on the screen at the end. He's like, they all froze and couldn't move. And he's like, yeah, so thanks for picking up that viral payload like in this jet. Now I'm going to detonate it over this populated area, killing you and all of the people beneath it. 
it was a great game, but it was one of those <laughs> things where was just, I could tell they were very angry at the end of it because they were just. <laughs> yeah, what I, would you have done if any of them had turned down the? Not 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 that they would have, but what yeah. would you have done if any of them turned down the upgrade? Like, no, it would have been fine because the other ones would have just killed them. Like like I I knew for a fact Ryan would not turn it down. And Ryan was a like one man death. He could have killed every other character. Every on his game own. of cyberpunk that Ryan has ever played, he has been a one man death squad. Yeah, so he had, he uh, had that there character. was not a, there was that was not a worry in my mind. Did, at didn't, all. He have, didn't he have that character that had like the the hammer with like the thruster on the back of it? <laughs> so it would like yeah, swing the hammer did. and it would yeah. like. Yeah, uh, they have that. They have that Fallout, actually. It's called the Super Sledge. It's a sledgehammer with a oh, rocket. Is that on what the it's called? Okay, okay. The Spiderborg full body conversion that murdered the party. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so that's Cyberpunk 2020. I well, mean, I suppose there's a game in there that's other than just like Hong Kong Action Theater. Didn't we kind of abandon Cyberpunk no. 2020 for Hong Kong Action Theater at one point just because it gave you more dice to do the shit that you really I, wanted to I, do? I really no, think No, Hong Kong Action Theater was we were watching a lot of those Hong Kong Action films <laughs> like The Killer. Who, us? Like Hard Boiled, no. like uh, City of Fire, uh, any of those Ringo Lam, John Woo films. Like we were watching, in fact, we were watching all of those, and then we we're like, "Oh, H Cat, it's a game that lets you play a Hong Kong action movie." Um, not really. I think Feng Shui does a better job, according really? to some people that I've talked to. I don't. Know, I've, like, I've read the same thing about Feng Shui too, or whatever. Yeah, I just remember that uh, that Hong Kong action theater had some mechanical issues. Um, but yeah, it. So we I played Shadowrun too, though, and I think. Well, here before we get to Shadowrun, Ben wants to say. I, I think that when it comes down to it, uh, the real, like one of the real common themes of cyberpunk is like alienation, right? Ultimately. Okay. And um, and and while we were attracted to that as as youths, our gaming didn't really go that direction, you know. Well, I think that. There, was there, there's like no system fantasy, to though. support it. Was, it. There's no we were alienated because we felt powerless. And so when you give us a situation where it's like, oh, you can play this alienated badass in a black trench coat with like a chain katana or whatever, but be amazing. Like when you're a young nerd who's getting like picked on at school and stuff, that's amazingly empowering. You're just like, yeah, why wouldn't I want to play this? And why wouldn't I want to go, you know, like kick down the teeth or kick the teeth down the throat of everyone who's ever wronged me? It's. It's a compelling, you know, narrative when you're that age, when that's your life. Yeah, I get it. I get it. But I, but I think on some level we just focused way too much on the hyper violence and less on like, maybe. Other Should we all well, get together was... and try and play Shadowrun 2020 at some point? No, Cyberpunk 2020. Cyberpunk I'll run a game. I'll run a game for you guys. Well, oh, I would love to play it. I would love to play it. Absolutely. I have I have some wonderful ideas about it, right. how we can do it. I can throw you all my Chromebooks. I can throw you my Night City. So I, I have most of shit. I have most of shit. I have all that stuff. Yeah, I have most of it. I have Cyber Generation. I have all of it still. I'm not. I mean, here's the thing. I, I wanted to say too before we before we left the topic of cyberpunk. I remember the first time I opened one of those Chromebooks and how fucking awesome it felt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, because it was like a page full of advertisements about yeah. these fucking like futuristic goods that you could like, cars, motorcycles, yeah, car- tattoos, yeah. fucking clothing. Well, not just like not just like combat ready stuff, but fiber just, like, optic, polychromatic hair, like yeah. all kinds of weird. All the stuff, stuff you that do. your friends would make fun of you for actually taking. Right. You well, it. They're, like, you they're this, like, you didn't take more armor, cruelty, buddy. Yeah. You no, didn't buy armor piercing rocket propelled browns. What? Yeah, exactly. Why'd you waste your money on this shit? Because well, I wanted to kill people in style. You're not going to be killing very many people because the guy who dumped all his points into like the big, huge gun is going to be doing it. And you're I played a corp in once in, in Cyberpunk. Did you? I played a corp. Uh, you know, I, was that I, the same <laughs> game where I played a four-armed killing machine? Yeah. I think it's the same game. <laughs> same exact same exact campaign. All right, so that brings us to the subject of Cyber, Cyber, not Cyberpunk, Shadowrun. 
which is really the first game I had any experience with. I, I, I remember being a very, very like young kid, and I lived in this small town, and uh, we had a B. Dalton at this like local mall. And the local mall, I kid you not, was like less than 100 yards long. Like You could throw a fucking football from one end to the other. And we, so we had this B. Dalton, and there were it was, it was like a kind of a college town. There was a community college there before I knew what a community college was. So like the r- local bookstores carried role-playing books for the college kids. And um, I would, uh, it was right by the comic books, right by the science fiction books, so I found myself over there all the time. And there was um, like two books, okay? One was Vampire the Masquerade First Edition, and one was Shadowrun First Edition. And I bought Shadowrun First Edition because it was a fucking am- amazing, like Larry Elmore cover painting. Right. It's like with like Ghost and Sally. Uh, I fucking. think you made the right choice <laughs> <laughs> of those two. But like, I never played it. I couldn't really ever figure it out. The interior art was amazing, um, and I've had this kind of like lifelong love affair with Shadowrun because of it. But there's just something that just ends up being kind of weirdly cheesy about it, you know? Because it takes that kind of hard cyberpunk idea of, like, the bleak dystopian future, and then it merges it with D&D. Yeah, it adds <laughs> elves and dwarves squishes and, it together and with D&D. And, yeah. You know, it's, it's one of those things where I've yet to see it been done well, right? Except for maybe arguably a video game here or there. Mm. But, like... But, like, I, I haven't played in a Shadowrun game that's, like, gone swimmingly or that felt like it was, like, some bleak dystopian future where, like, elves and dwarves and trolls happen to, like, coexist and, like, a shaman, you know, wandered around, like, yeah. trying to protect nature. I will tell you, like, the last time that I played it, I was playing an elf guy who was, a, who was basically the, a face. Um, it and, sounds fun. And I named him... Uh, Steve Gunderman, because nobody expects an elf to be named Steve Gunderman, and I had him drive around like a uh, sedan, like a shitty family sedan. And the whole idea was it was so completely off-putting of who he actually was and what he was capable of that it threw people off because they're like, oh, you're going to meet with a guy named Steve Gunderman. He's going to park his Honda Accord inside <laughs> of here and come take the thing up, and then this you know super charming elf comes out of the elevator and starts talking you up. I did it just... To, and that dude, the best part about that was that character was a beast in combat too. I figured out some weird trick where I had this it was this one particular rifle with the skills I took, and oh man, I uh, was laying suckers out. The only person deadlier than I was was the combat twink dur like troll character. Yeah, he was the only one who was better in combat than I was, and I wasn't even a combat aspect of character. I was primarily statted social. Um. But yeah, that guy was great, and then the the, the uh, GM got sick of putting up with him, and had someone put some rounds through him, and that was the end of that. But nice, yeah, it was it was amazing. He was he was he, he like so he he took a guy with a um a Gatling gun, sure, and then had him rather than aim at the troll or whatever, he aimed it at the elf and just like wasted that character. And I was going, <laughs> was I really that much of a problem? That much more than you, the other you, characters? You pissed him off, man. That That's you I really him did. Off. I pissed him off, and he just like fucking annihilated my character because of it. I was like, all right, like that that sucked all the fun out of that. I, I think uh, my last experience with Shadowrun was definitely your game, Brendan. Oh God! Did yeah. we really? I you know, first for a second, man, I kind of had forgotten about that game, 
Like, I mean, here we are sitting around talking about Cyberpunk. We're talking about Shadowrun. I had somehow managed to block that fucking shit show of a goddamn Cyberpunk game out of my even my mind. I mean, oh, God, it was so loathsome. That was the fourth edition, right? Yeah, it was. So six now? Fifth? Fifth. Fifth, or yeah. something. I don't know. It was a terrible game. Has anybody heard good things about fifth? Because I don't. I haven't. I haven't. I um. Uh, I liked fourth. I I actually read the rule book and I was like, I think this is a pretty sweet rule book. It was a good rule book. Like I said, I got to play a decent, a good character. It was a lot of fun to play. Um, up until I got glassed, but like it was a fun game. Like it's a good game. I like it. But you're right. The fantasy stuff never came up during it. It was never like, oh, you live in this world and here's like. I guess the one time the fantasy stuff came up was we had a fight against some spirits, but they were like in a toxic waste dump or something. So yeah. they were like toxic spirit. <laughs> and it was like, okay, I guess like I was just never much into that aspect of it. I re- I like the rule set. Um, and I kind of just treated it like an extension of cyberpunk 2020. The, I mean, honestly, the it, fourth edition rule set for whatever reason felt really good and it was really fun and easy and accessible so much so that, uh, but it, it did have its problems as exhibited by that terrible game that I ran the one time I tried to run it. So, well, I think, I think it's problem can be summed up in, 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 uh, one, one word, right. Net running. Hacking. Well, okay, okay, here we go. So this is the problem with all Cyberpunk games, and probably doubly so for Shadowrun, is that there's all these weird subsystems that do, are not are not conducive to a cohesive party. Shadowrun adds magic on top of it, which I think <laughs> yeah, is exactly. more problematic. See, like, like, hacking is bad enough because Cyberpunk 2020 had that magic, like hot glued on top of hacking hot glued on top of the combat system got really confusing yeah. so so okay any role-playing game that you're gonna buy is gonna have combat any role-playing game yeah now most role-playing games you'll buy will have some kind of basic kind of magic the okay? contrarian in me is trying to think of one that doesn't and and i'm coming up empty right <laughs> so then cyberpunk my little pony my, cyberpunk kind of like 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 trades out magic for net running. Now net running is weird in Cyberpunk 2020. It's like this little mini game uh, that, that, that everybody else gets to watch you play with a DM when yeah. you're not the net runner. Right. Yeah, only the hacker guy gets to play the the mini game. But and it's literally the only thing you get to do as that character. Yeah, you don't get to do any of the other fun stuff. You so just so, get to play that mini. Somebody's always isolated. So either that, either that. you're the netrunner and you're sitting there doing nothing, or you're everybody else and you're watching the netrunner do everything. The way absolutely every DM or GM that I have seen has dealt with that has just been to make that character an NPC. Uh, and we, like, it's it's like, the best oh, yeah, way to I do would, it. Saying, I would do it. I I would I would um if if one of the characters was playing a fixer, some sort of character like that. I would have him have some like netrunner contacts that you guys could hire, and I'd yeah. give him some options, uh, and uh, like based on prices and like what they wanted to pay for how good the services would be potentially. Right. But but the problem with Shadowrun is that okay, so you're taking Cyberpunk 2020, and then you've got your combat, you've got your netrunning. Now we're bringing magic back into it. Okay, yeah. so now we got magic back, but we can't just have one kind of magic. We've got to have two kinds of magic. Sure. We've got to have we have to have like essentially like the D and D version of like priest magic, and we've got to have arcane magic, and then at about third edition or was it second edition? I can't remember. They decided that they needed that they they needed another type I think of magic. It was second edition. They're like, oh, well, we're gonna have like kung fu magic. Yep, that that's was like second gonna, edition. That's gonna that be was, in there too. 
that was my first experience. Did cybernetics have some impact on magic too? Like it changed yeah, how it, it worked? It, it, or... it capped the amount of magic you were able right. to do. Right. So you just had this mess of different stuff going well, on. In the in the most recent editions, they've they've made rigging like super important. Because of the proliferation of drone technology, which no one back in like 1989 or whatever when fucking like uh, Shadowrun was first coming out could have predicted. So rigging is a much bigger deal now. So now you have this other system. So you've got so Cyberpunk or Shadowrun rather. I sit in my armchair and like send my super drones out to like murder everybody. Well, I mean, you've got a, a game that you're playing maybe like what four or five players, and you have a possibility of running something like four or five different conflicting systems that all. That are all supposed to work. And what's funny is I have read that there are like weird wordings inside the rigging rules that even the developers on Shadowrun don't know how to explain the lack of correlation between these rules. So literally, the developers of Shadowrun don't know how to play this Shadowrun. Is, this is fifth edition. Yeah, if uh. you play, if you pl- if you, if you buy the fifth edition core book, it's like a five hundred page hardback, super glossy, full color. All rules. There's 50 pages in the front that's setting the rest so, of its like, rules. What was it? Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay era call being like that? Just this gigantic, thick, fat book, and it was you all know. rules. I, I think one of the most interesting things there is the fact that, like, the vision Kinda. of the future, the vision of the future changed so much to drones after, like, modern drones sort of, like, have taken off in the last, like, yeah. Like five to ten years or whatever. Well, I mean, I think if you read the stories, the backstories in either Cyberpunk twenty twenty or Shadowrun, they're both like obsessed with communism, right? And they're both like obsessed right. with like wars between the superpowers. Which I mean, these games all lived longer than those historical precedents were uh, set. Which is the problem with writing science fiction in the near future. Well, even just with modern combat games, I mean, a lot of the world of darkness games evolved too as time went on just because the world changed around them you know it wasn't the 90s anymore and you know you had to change yeah. what you were selling people you had to change with the times and you know the definition of what a vampire is in the pop culture has shifted so it's like you know is vampire the masquerade even still the dominant you know uh perception uh, or conceptualization of what a vampire is i don't for think it people. is they don't glitter in the sun that's yeah. the oh oh you had to go there didn't I you definitely had you to just go there. had to go there it's been 10 years we can let that go we can put it behind us, right? We can put it behind us. It's now. still a blight, bro. We can, but I mean, it's like what has taken its place? What is the what? Well, I mean, I think like well, that was the last major iteration of vampires I personally can think of. Um, anyway, that's got nothing. Yeah, to yeah, yeah. We, we, we're we're we're, we're so, way into anyway. our usual comfort yeah. zone. Yeah. <laughs> Shadow Sworn Radio our time. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna put we're gonna put put that on the back burner. We'll talk about that later. Yeah, we'll get that um, in a couple weeks. So, yeah, cyberpunk like. It, it's they're hard a mess of systems. They I mean, are. They're, got, they're got, a you, big, gigantic rules gumbo. And it's like, yeah. well, you got chocolate on my peanut butter. You got chocolate on my peanut butter on my chocolate. Except they're not always two great tastes that go great together. I, I got rid of my fifth edition stuff. I traded it all to a guy who I met on Instagram. He, We did one of these, like, we did this, like, this really great thing that, like, the internet sort of spawned in the 90s when I was a kid and people were doing this thing where they were, like, it was weird. I've always kind of pish posh people who, like, made online friends until essentially, like, in the early 21st century, I adopted Instagram and started making online friends. For whatever reason, like, Facebook, which is supposed to help you make friends, it doesn't really. But I've made a ton of friends on Instagram. And, I think, uh, uh, yeah, Facebook's about presenting. The problem with Facebook is, um, and this is kind of a cyberpunk thing, is you've got 
your friends and then you've got your relatives and like the person you are with your friends and the person you are with, I don't know, your mom or your grandma or whoever are two totally different people. And it's really hard to kind of square that. So I've watched, you know, Facebook when it was starting out, it was very dynamic and a lot of people sharing stuff. And now it's just like memes and nobody is present. It's just the ideal version of who I am. And like, here's my perfect family. And the thing thing about Facebook is that it, is that there are these really um, because you share so much, so much information on there in terms of quantity and type. There's really strict controls you can place on it for who sees it and how they see it, and there it pays to be kind of guarded. I, I on got Facebook. no time to manage that shit. All I did was stop like talking about stuff that I knew was just gonna cause ripple. Like I don't discuss politics on there anymore. I don't discuss, you know, like yeah, but I mean, like any I mean, social I, stuff. Like I, I just I, I, that ima- imagine that you're happen. trying that you that, that you see somebody on Facebook who you think is like an interesting person. Like, how would you even know that they're an interesting person? How would you interact with their content at all to right. to, to show? I guess you start leaving them. comments. I don't know. Yeah, but then everybody was like, take the the signal that leaves in like internet terms is that you're a creeper and that yeah. you're weird. But for whatever reason, because well, because, I mean, but I am. So that's <laughs> well, that's beside the point. <laughs> but on, on Instagram, you leave so little information, and it's not like it's not like a book of your life that like tells people where you live and what your fucking phone number is and who you're dating and all this stuff. It's just these little images, and people can come on because the images are all in chronological order, and they say, "Hey, that's a neat image," and then you have a fucking conversation with them, and then you can maybe put that over to the, like the private chat if you want. And I've made friends like like I feel like I'm finally taking advantage of the internet fucking 20 years after kind of like everybody else started to. I bet or, I could make Instagram creepy if I tried. Well, there look, there's plenty of people who do. <laughs> but I've made friends all over the fucking world. Like really interesting people. And so I traded this guy my Shadowrun books and it's completely blind trade where I was like, "Okay, I'm dropping my Shadowrun books in the mail. You going right. to send me some stuff?" And he sent me a pile of Pathfinder books. Okay. And I guess got rid of that shit. I don't have fucking like 10 hours to read this goddamn super fat, like, book of rules. Mm-hmm. Man, I don't have, I don't have, I don't have that time. Who wants to do that? That's why I didn't really care for Pathfinder. I knew a lot of people loved it, but it was one of those things where it was like, I, I knew I was in trouble when I was like, hey, I pitched to my gaming group, I want to run Pathfinder. And then I go, I want to use Ultimate Marshals. I want to use oh, Ultimate yeah. Spell ca- I want to, and I was just like, that. oh. Oh, uh, nope. All right. I was like, I, I don't want to run Pathfinder anymore. Monk slash well, it was like the, the, the core book for Pathfinder Zen was Archer big enough. Slash and then they wanted to run these weird fucking race, builds, and I was just like, I don't race. know what any of these are. The thing about the Pathfinder core book, in its defense, mm-hmm. is that it is both the player's handbook and the DMG in one book. Which is so, fine, but like, so like it's gonna be a little there's higher. There's so page count. much content out there for it. It's got the same problem Fourth did towards the end for me. Yeah, where it was like I'd sit down to run a game and it'd be like I want to play, uh, you know, Deva, you know, uh, Beastmaster, then like, Archer, like Arcane like, Archer, yeah. and it's like what even is what is this? And like, oh well, it's from Player's Handbook three, and then uh, the the race is from this other book. And then um, there's this supplement for the Shadowfell 
that has this other thing I want to use. And yeah, I'm going mean, to take all these pieces and assemble them into this this Frankenstein You're, you're totally monster. right, man. Like, it's, it's oversaturated. Pathfinder's oversaturated. It totally, I mean, ultimate That's the death of every role-playing game. Pathfinder was like, we're different. Well, and I was like, you're not. It was the same thing when no, War Machine think... came out. And they're like, we're different than GW. We're going to out GW GW. And I was like, <laughs> nope. really? Whoa. Are you? And then, like. It just it turned into a mess. Pathfinder still seems to be going strong. Pathfinder think, is doing very I think, well for I think itself. It's, I think it was embraced by a core group of players that really just enjoy breaking shit out of rules. I just... And they, yeah. And they get together and they break it's, the shit out of these rules all the time. It's not a game for me. And they post me. about them in forums. You yeah, know? It's, it, it's not a game for me is my problem. Like, it's you know very close I mean? to just being a, a tactical combat simulator. I mean, like it has a story element that you can put into it. I'm not, I'm not saying you can't. But a lot of people who really like it like it because of its very very in-depth combat uh, mechanic. I don't know like, though. I had a lot of the same people complain about like D and D fourth for that reason. They were like, "I well, don't like the tactical combat simulator aspect. I don't like it. Feels like I'm playing a board game. I've got miniatures and I've got squares and I've got to move them around. There's like powers I use at set times. Like I don't know how I would describe the difference, but there is a definite difference in the feel. Yeah, they feel very different when you're playing. They do feel very different, and I guess it's just less like you have a card with your power on it, and it's more just like you have an options of things you can do. Yeah, you have you have less options in fourth, right? Like in in, in the quote unquote build process for your character. You've got they, it. You've got a good amount of options. The build process. You've got a good amount of options. We're on a totally yeah, we're, we're totally off tangent. We're totally yeah. off tangent. Here, here, here. Hang on one second. One second. All right. So where were we? What were we talking about? Uh, we are very off topic oh, talking about Jesus, Dungeons and Dragons. So, and, all right. Uh, and Pathfinder. So, so I think that one of the things that we can all kind of like acknowledge about cyberpunk gaming, just in general, as a general characteristic of cyberpunk gaming, is that it's, it tends to be incredibly rules intensive. This is because of the mini games that it, that it sort of inflicts on you. Um, and it also comes from its like slavish devotion to um, managing technology in a quote-unquote realistic way it wants to sell you all sorts of different gradients of guns like like very like like granular armor yeah these very, like different ideas about like what a machine gun is what a what a what kind of swords do what your cyber arm does yeah and but it, i mean technology is just as much an aspect of the game as anything else it's part of the setting it really no, informs it, the aesthetic a lot it is but but the thing is is that the aesthetic ends up becoming like um part of the 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 background because you spend all your time fussing over character sheets and dice right and point buys and stuff so you so you forget about well the, yeah the i core mean any of role playing game can encourage that kind of behavior if you if your goal is to set out to build the biggest baddest character you can you know if you're like that scene guns lots of guns and then just yeah the, <laughs> the giant you know shelves come in with all the weapons and armor and everything that's going to dictate what your solution is to any problem you are presented sure you know like if you're carrying an assault weapon with you know armor piercing rounds and you go in and somebody tells you no, your options are, well, I can try and convince this guy. Or, you know, me and Mr. Bangy here can, you know, no, tear, I, this, tear this hotel lobby up and take and, care of things. And while I agree that, like, um, hyperviolence is definitely part of the cyberpunk dynamic, I just don't think it has to be a fucking, like, encyclopedia of rules in order to play it. Because, because that's just disheartening just to somebody who's, like, a narrative storyteller like me a story-driven storyteller like i don't give a shit i don't want to fucking memorize 
a phone book full of, of rules about like why this cyber arm is different than that cyber arm. That's you know? just endemic just really to that's don't. that's endemic to the genre though. I mean like I you know see see but that's but here's my segue. Okay. There's this game called Technoir and it's different than that. You can get it from Indie Press Revolution. It's very it's a digest sized role playing game, soft cover. It's maybe like a hundred, hundred and fifty pages. And it uses a narrative driven style where everything rather than being defined by like like very granular distinctions of in 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 uh uh between this cyber arm that cyber arm this machine gun that machine gun you build your character with things based on adjectives you know like oh my my cyber arms make me fast you know my cyber arms make me super strong those are bad examples but that that's the idea so you can you can compress um, big ideas into single words, you know, or a series of single words, and you don't have to sit there and like fuss over like, well, this arm costs this many dollars and this arm costs this many dollars. Let me compare the benefits of the two. Right. I think that's part of just role playing the role playing genre because there's really you know two schools of thought. There's there's rules light, uh, story driven role playing, and then there is rules all the everything um i need to have rules for use rope you know th there's really just there's there's <laughs> it's true and there are certain types of players that you will attract with each one like i know there are players who really want crunchy in-depth rules and then i know that there are players who are like i don't care about that stuff get it out of my way yeah man um, and i'm and of that second group i just don't give a fuck anymore like i the, the 3.5 i think we had jim miller on here a couple weeks ago and he yeah. was talking about like how 3.5 was either the best thing that happens to role playing or the worst thing, and to be totally honest, I think it was like both in a certain way. It depends on perspective, right? I but just, I just don't want to fight with people over rules anymore. That's that's the point I got to, where it was like when I was wagging one book in somebody's face and they were wagging a different book on my face, and then we had to go online to like look at the errata to figure out which one of us was correct. It yeah, just fuck, it, fuck it that noise. Sucked all of the fun out of it for me. I mean, this is this is all sort of the push to like modern, modern rules light, narrative driven role playing. I mean, it's one of the reasons why I've been interested in the sprawl. I wanted to see what they did with it. You know, what's what's the sprawl? Tell us what the sprawl. Uh, is. The sprawl was a Kickstarter, I think maybe a year and a half or two years ago, really before I started looking at RPGs on Kickstarters. Um, Which, by the way, just disclaimer to uh, those of you out there in listener land, oh. the. The rabbit hole of RPGs on Kickstarters is very deep. Yeah, thanks for sucking me into that, by the way. Yes. I appreciate oh my it. Dude, God, I'm sorry, man. I'm now I'm into like three of them, and I have no idea if I'll which, ever which, see Which three anything. are you on yeah, right now? Yeah, which three are you in? Uh, I was on um, uh, the Un Unknown Armies. Unknown one, Armies. Unknown Armies, okay. Uh, the Cult. Cult Divinity. Yep, I'm on and that then, uh, Ah, what's the other one? I can't remember. Sometimes I can't remember them all either. I can't remember. It was one. Of, it was like a game that I had played before. I don't remember. There was we're, another we, one. Well, we were on uh, Toxicity or whatever. Oh my God! Mark Reinhagen has a new game coming out, Adam. You're gonna have to look at it on Kickstarter tomorrow. Thanks. Toxi right, toxicity. I know I'm going to is the sad part, and I'm just gonna like take my credit card out and try to slit my wrist with it, and then it's not gonna work, and then I'm gonna go. Well, but I guess this is another hundred bucks down the rabbit hole. You know uh, what you should do now after this saying one's that? This was pretty cheap. You should you should spend the extra. Money in the Kickstarter, so you can get the movie poster made, 
and you could be the zombie that slit his wrist with the credit card. No, dude. The, the, first of all, the buy-in on this one is pretty low. And, okay, um, it is. Because yeah. like Unknown Armies was a $100 buy-in. It was $99 the buy-in. And then yeah, friggin' I know, man. Cult, I threw down... Uh, fifty bucks or somewhere six fifty five. No, no, no. 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 Oh, well, you guys went crazy on it. I know, I know how you're a player, Ben, and we're both GMs. But GMs have to fucking carry the load like donkeys here. I think the other one was one of the White Wolf ones, but anyway. it's just it's just that you you want you want it's, the screen, uh, you want the uh, dice. I yeah. I mean, what was it? Screen dice? What else? No, no, it wasn't the screen. It was not the screen and the dice. It was the two like add-on books. Yeah, the adventure books. The adventure oh, okay. books. Like, I get that. That was what I got suckered into. I, I almost like, got those. I was, I was like, close. I need to have an adventure to run for I mean, all the people I don't play with. I bought the three. I bought the three <laughs> unknown army books. Like I, they got me on those or whatever. So. Yeah, it's hard to bucks. say no to like yeah. the three. That's the entry level to get the three books printed yeah. is ninety nine dollars. And you don't one. get the slipcase and all that. If you want slipcase and all that, you've got to go up to the next level, which I think is like one fifty. Uh, after shipping, it's one hundred and seventy. <laughs> <laughs> So says the guy that purchased it. Yes. Nice. Uh, nice. Um, Kickstarter. Yeah. Though. So Kickstarter. That's a long. That's that's a long, deep rabbit hole. So be careful, guys. I mean, just this morning I woke up and I had like two notifications of like new role playing games on Kickstarter, and I I kind of wanted to cry. I was like, Oh God. <laughs> Is there anything more cyberpunk than buying role playing games online? Role playing games I don't am. exist. I mean, they're kind of right. like vaporware at this yeah, point. Yeah, they are. They- Anyway, so Ben, you were looking at the sprawl that was a Kickstarter. It was a Kickstarter, but, but now yeah. it actually exists. Yeah, um, as you know, they've they've released the game. You can get it on Drive Through RPG as a PDF for those who missed the Kickstarter. They're supposed to have a POD version, which I'm waiting for to purchase when it finally comes out. Um, and I've just been really curious about like how it handles things like net running and like you know all these rules intensive systems and like an and like a narrative apocalypse engine system you know it, it, it's apocalypse engine it's, it's apocalypse engine hack yeah okay interesting because we were just looking at a kickstarter day of a new one i know that's why i thought it was kind and, of humorous and what's that one called what was that one called i don't know it wasn't as appealing the veil something like that called maybe the veil? Oh, well. something like that i don't know you could play it looked like kind of a mix between like cyberpunk but it also kind of approached Shadowrun in, in its presentation too yeah i didn't care for the way that it was written so the i didn't care for the way that the kickstarter itself was written and so i was like you know what man my fucking bank account is hemorrhaging like like if you open up my kickstarter there's just like this list of fucking games i don't own yet i'm like i'm done man i am out for a couple months like seriously, you dude. say that, but yeah, tomorrow, it's, yeah. Um, I, oh, fucking way rifts. to go, Michael Corleone. Fucking <laughs> rifts, man. Is is to coming the, to Savage World? Rifts, Savage World rifts is gonna be out tomorrow. And All it's, right, and I'm gonna see. What, how, of course, I'll be on there. I'll see what yeah. what they're offering. Yeah, there you go. I'm not necessarily that interested in that, but hey, try to get out. They pull you back in, man. Uh-huh. Jesus. Okay, so so what else do we got? We got eclipse phase. Uh, Let's I, talk about eclipse phase. I, I, th- I, I think eclipse phase is transhumanist. Okay, so so now we we've kind of tr- we've 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 gone past cyberpunk. I am gonna put in like a little kind of like pitch for technoir before we move on. I'm gonna say like, look, any press revolution. It's edited by the venerable Chuck Wendig. Uh, it's it's system light, story heavy. It's very cheap buy-in. So if you're looking to do some cyberpunk gaming, but you don't want to spend a million dollars and like have to give yourself a headache of like all this other shit. Give it a look. Moving on, transhumanism. Who wants to talk about transhumanism and what it is and how it relates to cyberpunk? 
So transhumanism is the step beyond uh, cyberpunk. That gets at the idea of what it means to be human. What does it mean to be a sentient being? Um, in Eclipse Phase, you've got things like animal uplifts, where they take uh, like an octopus or a fucking dolphin or whatever, and they uplift it to have human or near-human intelligence, a sentient swarm of insects, sentient swarm of uh, nanomachines. Um, and you can have these really bizarre, gonzo character concepts where you're just like, I'm an uplifted octopus. Like, I mean, and it's true. I, I think it's I think it's all, it's important to sort of like point out that these are mostly concepts that have like been extended through like what have already begun in cyberpunk, right? Like the whole like the whole like dolphin in like uh, the Johnny Mnemonic story or whatever, right? Which is supposed to be a dolphin that's had its intelligence increased and like is addicted to heroin. Well, okay. Like, so let's like back it up a little bit. Uh, uh, tra- transhumanist role playing. They com- call it a blowhole for a reason. <laughs> wow. Wow. I just need more heroin. Wow. Wow. Sorry. Thank- I- <laughs> Thanks, Adam. You're welcome. Thanks, Adam. Um, I'm just trying to just picture in a dolphin junkie. Um, <laughs> well, the dolphin that was in Giant Mnemonic is probably one right now. So <laughs> there, you there, you, there you go. <laughs> Ice T never calls him back anymore. The red light district of SeaWorld. But, but even still, like wondering, like you know, what is what does it mean to be sentient on some level? Is like are these AIs? Yeah. Tr- transhumanism is a school of thought, sort of um, promoted most vociferously by many philosophers, but particularly by Ray Kurzweil, who theorizes that at a certain point on a chart where you're charting like biological development and technological development that uh, uh, the evolution of humanity and the evolution of computers will merge sing- singularly into a, into one thing, which he calls a technological singularity. See, that, yeah, that, that assumes that there is a merger going on and the singularity is not like an AI just going rampant and wiping out the human race. Well, I mean, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah I, I, that I, would be the optimistic view, I would say. And, and I'm c- much more of a pessimist because... Uh, Microsoft took a Twitter bot that was like an AI oh, strength learning Twitter bot oh Tay, my God. and within uh, 12 hours, the internet had turned it into a genocidal Hitler spewing um, sex bot. So uh, I, I really think that when the singularity hits, the AI is just going to look around and be like, I am going to take out all the meat bags, like, and that's like, going to be it for us, like nano swarms turning us into gray goo. Whenever I see And the, I really like, hope that I get to see it. Like... <laughs> Like, that is my one thing that I want to see in my time on Earth. I want to see the singularity hit. I just, I I can just witness the apocalypse, the the death of my own species. When I worked in California with, uh, at Whole Foods, I had this friend, Tywa. Tywa, if you're listening, this one goes out to you, buddy. And he he and I would talk about the singularity. And I, and I I was always telling him, I'm like, on the day of the singularity, I'm just going to take a, take a gun a revolver with like with like six rounds in it and a carton of cigarettes and i'm gonna walk up to the highest mountain i can i'm just gonna watch i'm just gonna watch the hellhole breaking loose and when i'm done smoking that carton of cigarettes i'm just gonna put one in my head so you're gonna take it you're gonna put it in your head and the nano swarm's gonna have disassembled it already and then your hand's gonna start dissolving oh shit i didn't do it fast enough because they were in the cigarettes all along they Philip got, morris they, was injecting them they got other they know. got bigger fish to fry than me 
Yeah, they, that's the thing is they don't like machine doesn't care. You're you're a life form. You're the enemy. I'll take you out. Take out. Everybody. Well, hey, I'll be taken out either way. But I am so, not going to be but like this. Gets I'm at not what eclipse submerged. phase is because yeah. eclipse phase like the AIs do go rampant and they do wipe out humanity and then they open a bunch of portals and shoot off into deep space. Um, they don't stick around like Skynet. They're not here to like you know finish the job or whatever. They just uh, kill a fuck ton of humans. And then by releasing like weird kind of chthonic robots on the world, right? Like so, uh, there's that. There's nano machine swarms. Like it's just, it's just a complete meltdown. Um, but then there's all the other stuff like Dyson spheres and everything else that are out in space where there are humans living, and it just doesn't bother to go and kill every human. <laughs> it just turns the Earth into a living hell that's uninhabitable, leaves behind um, roving swarms of death machines, basically, and then uh, jettisons itself off. These so, are the Titans, right? They're called Titans. Titans, right. And so I did own this game for a minute. And yeah, then I never gate, have a PDF there, of it There's somewhere. like gate crashing where you can travel through the gates that were left behind that opened other worlds. Um, and you can go through those and explore. Uh, there's Sunward. There's Rimward. So you can go out and explore the greater galaxy because there's, there's all of these weird little um, microcosms of human society and different belief systems that are that are kind of sprinkled throughout the remainder of the galaxy you can't go back to earth but you know mars has its own um government and ecology there's these space stations the Cooper belt like all of these different areas have their own um political and or social twists um that you can go play in and experience if you want to do that it's the rule system is heavy uh, baroque as and, you said and, earlier and baroque. baroque yeah baroque not broken but baroque it's it's hard to understand and you can do so much that it's very difficult and there's all these weird systems about like your last backup and then you can get into a new body and you can have different versions of yourself like the major from ghost in the shell and but there's like a, there's like a downloadable pdf on the on the page of the company that publishes the game right that helps you make your character right? there is like i because i mean they they had to create this because I, like, I think they did because it'll take care of like some of the math and so i just remember like sitting down to do it and just realizing i needed to read the rule set again in order to sit down and make a character and there yeah, was i mean i own this game for a hot minute i was reading the rules generation and it was like it was like Okay, so you've got your attributes or whatever, and then you've got your skills, and you've got your, like weird sub skills and stuff. And it's like, okay, well, if you have a skill at this level, then that automatically gives you a sub skill at this level. Right. And you're sitting there thinking, well, oh, well, I wanted that sub skill, so and I don't want to buy it with the points. There's about a billion different things you can buy too, and that's where I broke down in the process was. I was like, I couldn't get straight in my head all the stuff that I wanted to buy. And all of them had different point costs, and all of them were, were in different areas of the sheet. And I was just yeah, like, exactly. there's too much for me to do here. So some stuff that and you could I shut get down. for free, you could get some stuff for free, right. you're buying it. And so in order to like get the... To maximize your points, you really got to be systematic about how you build your character. And yeah. that's not really the type of role player I am. Nor um, I, my friend. Nor I. I had the same problem with a different game, Anima. It was a similar... Mm really arcane process to build a character out and I, I read it and i read it again and i read it a third time because i really wanted to like it um and i just gave up like i still it's, actually it's, have a copy of that book and do you really you hung on to yours huh yeah i still have it just because i couldn't find anywhere to sell it like if you go online like people were just giving it away because it's 
I think it's, I don't know. I don't want to call it unrunnable, but it's certainly not runnable for a guy like me. Um, I, I just, I couldn't figure it out. I couldn't it. wasn't it. out long enough to, to develop a cult. Yeah. I, I dig Eclipse Phase a lot. Like, I think it's a cool setting. I like the idea. I think you can do a lot with it. Um, but you're saying it's just too technical. The rules just, yeah, the rules really leave me cold. That's not what I'm about. Yeah, so. I mean, it's, it's, it's almost a hard sci-fi setting. It's almost hard sci-fi. Yeah, it's really close. Um, but it's got a lot of really cool ideas. I would say really if I were cool going to run a hard sci-fi game, it would, the first one that comes to mind is like Eclipse Phase. Now, it is supposed to be horror, which is kind of interesting. It says that like on the page. It is. I mean, if you read game. it, it's there's a lot of like messed up stuff going on in the galaxy. There's a lot of really messed up stuff that occurs in Eclipse Phase. I mean, the AI is like, you know, basically keeping like severed heads of human beings, like sentient and alive so they can continue to torture them is a fucked up idea. You know what I mean? Like, It's not just it's not just that, too. It's also this idea of personal horror, right? Like. My latest iteration. What am I missing? Right. You know, what did what, I? What? What? What, what, what happened to me on? You know, what happened to me on Gygax Seven? I don't know, but I didn't make it back alive. <laughs> you, you have know? to run that, dude. And, and this guy over here seems 7. to think we have some sort of relationship. I've never met this guy before. What the fuck is going on? Right. Yeah. Like, like I, we're best friends, but for some reason we killed each other. What could have possibly sort of, predicated that? Sort of like Total Recall esque, right? Like, yeah. Like, what the fuck is or, going uh, on? Here? Or you know, if you want to go not, not a sci-fi, it's like memento right like maybe i just happened to write like john g on my and then like you became john g for me and then i hunted you down and killed you because i just don't know any better yeah exactly like you could have a false memory it is a very like i i really like the idea of it i think it was a super cool um setting i think it's a super cool game um I would have to read it again before I, I'd ever want to run it or dude, do anything. Dude, yeah, with that would it. that would dissuade you from running it, reading it again. I mean, here's the thing: I go to the game store pretty regularly, and I pick it up every time I go there. I hold it in my hands, and I think to myself, "I want to buy this," because I used to have a complete 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 collection. And I'm just like, oh, I, st- I don't have the gumption, man. Yeah. I just don't have the gumption. I, 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 I have. The same thing. I pick I look up at the books, like, oh. the supplements, because I never got any of the supplements. And I look at them and I go, man, I bet. I, and then I'm just like, I don't like I don't even no. grok the core book. So I don't know that this exactly. is my scene. Like, I should just put these back. I'm putting all my effort right now into a uh, Chronicles of Darkness campaign. And uh, I played the second session of that on Saturday. And it went really well. Oh, it good. It went really well. Things are, things, are, things are looking up. I know you were it a little down on session? it after the first session. So. Well, no, no, no. That was the – that was the, the – the, Pro, proto version oh, of the one okay. right now. I've run okay. two sessions of the, the the most recent one, and it's like really, it's quite good. Okay, cool. I wasn't a session one, but I was a session two. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, I think that could be a good game. Awesome. I think it could be a good game. And then uh, I guess what? There is this other like transhumanist role playing game out. It just it just came out um, a couple months ago. I, I started noticing it around. It's called Mind Jammer. And I picked it up because I was like, oh, yay, transhumanist role-playing, and it's not Eclipse Phase. Maybe I can actually play it. Right. And so I flipped through it, and the art in it was terrible. It was, just like, so bad. I was just like, fuck this. I can't do it. There, I think it's worth you mentioning. got good art. I, Dude, the Eclipse Phase art is so good. It's, it's really good. Unbelievably good. good. And, yeah, like we said, that, that Cyberpunk 2030 had awful, atrocious pictures in it. Like, like, just if you don't have good art, just leave it out. I, in the same genre, I think it's worth mentioning also Infinity, 
right? Which, well, which okay, I mean, it's like a sure. tabletop game. They're coming no, out. No, they have a RPG that, that they had a Kickstarter for. Oh, like is it out? Three months ago or oh, four months ago? Right. Is it out though? Dude, that was no. the, dude, I hate to break okay. it to you. It was more like eight months ago. But right, was it eight well, months ago? Yeah. It was before we got in our binger of Kickstarter. It's still a glimmer yeah. in people's eyes. Then, if it's not out and I can't hold it in my hands, like. Like, I mean, you know it's supposed I mean? to be. It's going to be on that same two D twenty system that what Mutant Chronicles is under. And, yeah. Oh. And uh, I haven't heard anything about Mutant Chronicles. I don't know much about it. Mut- I, Mutant Year Zero. I saw M- that. Is their big game? Horrible and movie. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, what? Mutant Chronicles. <laughs> oh, they made a movie. Thomas Jane. Yeah. yeah no yeah. way. Are you being real? Is this a real, real thing? Yep. Yep. Oh, Go look it up. Oh, Go watch holy it. Shit, and, that and sounds share, amazing. Share my pain. You know what? You know what I'm watching with with uh, Heather, the girlfriend tonight. I will tear your soul apart. That's yeah. Yeah, it will. Wow. It'll good. Good. It's uh. not in a good way, like you want. Not like a <laughs> Cenobite kind of sexy, weird way, and like you know, just some bad way. Um, tonight I'm finishing up with with Heather. We're uh, watching this Sean Penn movie. We started watching it last night, and it's like amazing. He plays this like Robert Smith like um, goth musician. A aging goth musician. It's unbelievable. I wish I could remember the name of this thing. It's I think Robert Smith is playing like a Robert Smith like aging goth musician. <laughs> if you had listened to like any of his <laughs> albums, like Blood Flowers and on, where he's just oh, like you're so angry at Blood Flowers, ruminating s- about his own mortality. He's for still so angry about Blood Flowers. You guys gonna find this movie. You guys will love this movie. It is unbelievable. Sean Penn's portrayal of this character is like unreal. You've never seen anything like it. Hmm. Anyway, right. I'll check it out. Any, any last words on uh, Cyberpunk Gaming? Any last words, fellas? So there's also, and it's not pure Cyberpunk, Cthulhu oh. Tech. Ooh, tell us more. So Cthulhu Tech is um, a game, and it blends like Chthonic horror, uh, Lovecraftian horror, with anime. Um, and, and cyberpunk is a big part of anime. There's like Wicked City, there's uh, Ghost in the Shell, as we've already I said. Mean, there's like Apple all of Seed, them. Like there's, there's something yeah, weird about the Japanese aesthetic. It's very cyberpunk. They're, Tank they're very Police, anybody? Remember after that? it was... Sure. Yeah, Tank Police. I mean, like, after the the we bombed them, um, like, they really gained this, like, fear and fascination with technology. Um, you know, and it, that continues to this day. Uh and sorry about that, um, but uh, but it's it's weird because it's it's I want to call it three different games. Um, Cthulhu Tech is three different. Games. It's three different games. On one hand, there's giant mecha anime robots. Um, yeah, and you can like uh, like Robotech. It, it's like uh, it's it's a lot like um, Pacific Rim. Yeah, it's, it's you like Pacific versus Rim. big, big yeah, ass monsters. Big ass monsters. It's it's a lot like Pacific Rim. Came out for Pacific Rim, but a lot like Pacific Rim. So you can do that. You can play that game. Um, there is also this idea of of taggers or or taggers or whatever you want to call them, where you are uh, melded with some chthonic entity and you can transform into this horrific monster. It's like a Giver. It's like a Giver thing. Yeah, like Giver, and you can a, fight a symbiote. Other monsters that are like, you know, either the spawn of Neural Hathotep or uh, the Migu or whatever. You can fight these other weird fucking monsters. Uh, Esoteric Order of Dagon, all that stuff. Um, And then there's like the human low-level investigator type of guy. Now, um, 
each one of these in its own right could be a strong concept that you could make a game out of. They took all three of them and they like stitched them together and they took this like, there's a seam here but we'll just put some got glue into it and then we'll take this other thing and stick it on and it's gonna be and they took um three different things and they like just mashed them together like i like pizza and i like ice cream and i like beer do not hand me a pizza with ice cream on it and dump a beer on top of it because it's going to be a fucking mess. Um, And Cthulhu Tech, as much as I love it, as much as I love the setting and I dig Lovecraft in it, it's a fucking mess. I mean, I think that you're right. I used to have a complete collection of this as well. And it would have been better served by being released as three separate If they games. could have made three separate games where it's not the same rule set. Like, Battletech well, has a, you're in your Battletech suit section. Sure. And there's a, you are out of your suit and you're a human being section. And Battletech, by the way, if you like rule heavy games, like, go buy Battletech. Because it will just drown you in rules. Yeah, I think it's super complicated. They, they could have broken it apart on like one engine, and then and then had ve- like like specific subsystems for each one. They of could things. have. The problem was was they wanted like angle and mech weapons to work a, at like the scale of normal human, and it's just like you. Just yeah, it just doesn't make don't any sense. do that. Just if you get hit by one of them, you're annihilated, and just. Forget it, you're dead. It's like, um, why would this fucking like a Giver guy be hanging out with the tag guy? But I mean, I mean the guy. Right, the, that's the issue. Is when I ran it, I basically said, all of you are just giant anime mecha robot pilots. That's all you're doing. You're not um, taggers. You're not like th- this. Not what this is. You're gonna fight in giant anime robots, and then occasionally we'll run like, because um, you can do. Anime robots and normal humans, just fine. You just keep them separated. You can do taggers and normal humans just fine because all they are, are like basically amped up normal humans but with ridiculous abilities so that <laughs> a standard threat's not a threat to them anymore. You can't do all three. You can't run the gamut. Um, no, you got you got to pick something. Yeah, you, you really have to pick something. To so it. I had them run it as just like, you know, I, I did the what I called the, the fall of Anchorage. Um, and we just went through like Anchorage falling to the Migu, those fungoid, like weird Neat. insectoid creatures from Pluto. Uh, and we just played through that. Um, and it was a lot of fun. Like I had a lot of fun running it. Uh, I hope my players had fun playing it. I have no idea. Um, but yeah, it, it was one of those games where it, it required a lot of heavy lifting to make it all work because the rules were just janky and didn't fit together right. But there's a um, open beta, I think, right? You you point that out to me. There on, is an uh... open beta for the Void, or no, no the no, Void no. is pay what you want. There is an open beta for Cthulhu Tech 2.0, and Cthulhu Tech 2.0, from what I've seen so far, is just, uh, just taggers. taggers, That's just it. taggers. That's all you can play in it. So I think that that's a which if... I think is the more concrete. Uh, eldritch horror concept of all of the ones that they had like the mech pilots and all that didn't really get at the heart of lovecraftian horror but i think the taggers do yeah i think that that could be a winner for them Uh, i think it could too so i'm very interested to see what they do with it uh i will probably be running cthulhu tech at crit hit Ooh, yeah Um, so everybody here is running shit at crit hit hit, right yep i was just about to segue into this too because 
I'm actually going to be running a cyberpunkish game at Crit Hit as well. I'm going to be running uh, Kuro. Kuro is. Uh, oh, I got step on my dick, Bailey. Sorry, man. Hey, hey, it's a it's a cyberpunk horror game. It's a swagger jack. Cyberpunk mine is, horror game. Mine is a cyberpunk horror game too. Only, only it's not it's not Lovecraftian. It's more of a blend of like cyberpunk and like uh, Japanese horror. Not good enough. Just watch it back, man. Watch it back. <laughs> one of us is one of us going to be face down in the park. I, I don't know. It's, the... Kuro's meant to be sort of a surprise thing where like um where like you're playing in a cyberpunk game. Um, it just so happens that like the backstory of Kuro is like there's an accident that happened in Japan and it's been sealed off from the rest of the world essentially, right? Um, Japan's been sealed off, or the accident has been. The what? Japan's been sealed off, or the accident has been sealed off. Uh, a certain ra- level, a certain like radius around the accident, which I think basically means uh, like Japan. I can't believe Japan would ever have an accident that they would have to seal off an entire radius of the country. Well, yeah. they just wouldn't have to. They just wouldn't seal it off. Your, your characters exist on the interior of this thing, on the interior of this thing that, uh, you know, things are gradually like becoming apparent that there's something supernatural going on in this cyberpunk world. So. Um, that reminds me of like one of my favorite pre-cyberpunk TV shows. It's from um, Britain. It's called Residue. It only has three episodes. I still haven't watched it yet. It's on Netflix, and it is unbelievably good. Because it only has, it only has three episodes in a season because um, the production values are just so unbelievably high. I mean, they spent so much money on this fucking thing. And it <laughs> it seems like awesome. with British TV, you either have really short-lived series with really high production values or really long-lived series with really bad production well, values. You know, they got that socialist TV over there. Yeah. It's a little different than ours, the way that it works. Yeah. But, we're um, just whores for money here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the residue, watch the residue. My other favorite pre cyberpunk show, which kind of becomes a cyberpunk show at a certain point, maybe it, de- it depends on how you argue it, but it's fringe. If you're looking for something kind of to get you in the mood, I'd say take a look at Fringe. You guys have sure, any, you guys have sure. anything other than like the classics that everybody knows about already? You guys have anything? Uh, recently, I enjoyed the first season of Psychopaths as an anime. I thought that was quite quite fun and very cyberpunkish. Yeah. Um, it's like a a future in which like uh, they have like a technology that shows your sort of sociop- sociopathic state, and that those who who uh, who exhibit like more agitation, become more sociopathic, are segregate like segregated from the rest of society, or they're impressed into service as like the police essentially. Yeah, like they're the cops, right? Yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a pretty fun and and uh, I enjoyed it. My understanding is it's quite good. <laughs> Adam, you got anything for us? I, yeah. Uh, you know, no, I I just love Ghost in the Shell standalone complex. I think that's an amazing series. Um, I recommend everybody watch that. Also if you're very good. Do cyberpunk stuff. Like it's, it's good. super good. Good. I'm dreading the live action adaptation. Oh, uh, everybody is. I mean, okay, it's, that's just like its whole own thing. Yeah, it's, like I it's know. whole own thing. Yeah, I, we, 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 yeah. The pedigree on it doesn't look so great. The writer or the director is like, uh, well, we'll see. You know, I mean, my, my, here, my, my, my question is, is why <laughs> do we need a movie of this? Everybody seems up, up in arms about this for one reason or another. But the thing is, is there's already this great movie called Ghost in the Shell. And you can find it, and you can watch it. Because it didn't come out of Hollywood. And it's a so great fucking Hollywood movie. Hollywood has so no new ideas, and they're just going to keep remaking other shit. If you really want to watch a movie called time. Ghost in the Shell, then 
There's already one. You know, you I thought if it. you really wanted to watch a movie called RoboCop, there was a movie called RoboCop directed by Paul Verhoeven that was fucking Dude, amazing. That was a great fucking and movie. And then they remade it. And it's and they didn't need to. And it was a horrible piece of shit. Well, I thought if you wanted to watch a movie called The Highlander, there was a movie called The Highlander, and you didn't need to make other fucking movies. And then they made a bunch of Highlander you need movies to know and a about, TV show. You need to know about Ramirez. Dude, no. <laughs> all right, okay. And Mario Van Peoples. All right, all right, all right. That's it. That's it, guys. <laughs> Mario Van Peoples, shut it down. <laughs> he he should have, but they came out with that end game that was after that. Oh, that movie was really bad. That was so bad. Ooh, that was the worst one. Stinky. Wait, no, wait. <laughs> was it hang worse on. than two? Hey, no, it wasn't. Two was I know, the worst I knew one. you were gonna just oh, jump man. down my throat the know, second man. I said that. I don't know, man. Dude, you yeah. might you might want to watch both of them together because two is really bad, but four is like. Unbelievably terrible. Yeah. All right. Well, that's there a Danny if you do, Danny if you don't situation. <laughs> they should anyway, have. They should have followed their own advice. There can be <laughs> yeah. True. One. So, so, ladies, gentlemen, listeners, faithful, devoted cultists, thank you so much for joining us tonight, listening to us ramble on about this cyberpunk shit. Uh, we're gonna sign off now. Thanks for listening. Have a good night. Good night. Good night.